You can be seated. All right. Well, good morning, High Crest. All right, that was, that was good, but I think we can do better. Good morning, High Crest. Good morning. All right, my name is Michael, and I am so glad that you're here today. Um, as we prepare to celebrate Thanksgiving, um, one of the things that this message that we're going to cover today is about giving thanks in all things. It's both timely and relevant. As many of you know, I teach history at Highland Park, and my students can be brutal sometimes, and um, one of the things that I wanted to do when I was uh, studying out this lesson, I wanted to turn, it to turn it into a history lesson about Thanksgiving, which historically represented something like this. But traditionally, Thanksgiving has been about four things. Food, family, friends, and what? Football. Football, Yes. Who said Chiefs? All right, we're going to have a little conversation this morning later on. All right. However, maybe some of you are not feeling it this Thanksgiving. Maybe it's a difficult time. Maybe you're dealing with uh, stress. Maybe you're dealing with a broken marriage, a sickness. And you don't know how to praise God. Maybe you don't want to praise God. I can tell you I've been there, and... One of the things I grappled with uh, during the Thanksgiving season is being alone. That was one of the things I grappled with. And um, I would spend three or four um, Thanksgiving seasons alone. And um, God said to me one day, he says, you know what? I understand your hurt. I understand your pain. But I want you to continue to worship me. And High Crest, this morning, I, I want to make sure you understand that God wants you to continue to worship him. Now, growing up, there was eight of us, and uh, Thanksgiving was my favorite holiday. Now, one of the things about growing up in a very large family is that um, there wasn't always enough food to go around, but there would be crazy things like food fights and something like this. (laughs) Now, keep in mind that growing up in a family of eight, there was the oldest and the youngest, and there was rules to everything. So one of the basic rules was the oldest ate first, the youngest ate last. Another rule was you had to clean your plate, and you also had to make sure that you eat what you were, what you were given. Uh, so a lot of us over 40 remember that, correct? <laughs> the last rule, and this is probably the most important, is you had to eat fast, and you had to stay off of somebody else's plate. Because if you didn't stay off of somebody else's plate, you can get forked and I don't know if you guys remember that, but I've gotten little marks from forks. (laughs) But Thanksgiving at this time of year that, as a family, we could eat whatever we wanted to. And it was an amazing time. My dad, who was an amazing cook, again, we didn't have a whole lot of food to go around. But Thanksgiving, he would give us as much food as we want. And he would cook up turkey. He would cook up ham. He would cook up pies. And we got to eat all day long. We would eat in the morning. We would eat... In the afternoon, we'd eat in the evening, and it was amazing. And one of the things that I learned over time is just the importance of just making sure that 
when you ate, you didn't get too full. Because one of the things that we would do is we would go around and we would compare our bellies. And we would see who has got the biggest belly. And there is no slide for that. (laughs) This holiday season is also special because I have a family and I have a little boy. And unfortunately, he's not able to be here today. He's been participating in uh, a youth homeless um, activity at a different church. And so he's there right now. Uh, But my son, Michael, he is an incredible young man. And that's him pictured there. Um, When he was first born... I remember holding him for the first time and then just being amazed that God gave me this little boy. And I remember dropping down to one knee and just praising God for this amazing young man. And um, he has just become a fine, incredible young man, and I am just so thrilled to have him in my life. I also just saw Gabby come in, and Gabby is my, my new daughter-in-law. I just want to give her a wave. <laughs> no, or, um, yeah, you guys understand. Okay. <laughs> Bear with me, I'm a little nervous. Okay. But another thing I want to point out is, uh, and she's standing over, she's sitting over there, is, uh, and this is the reasons why I'm very thankful this holiday season is um, a year ago uh, next week, I was married and I got married to this wonderful woman, Suzanne. And why don't you wave, Suzanne? You can go ahead and cheer. She thinks that I rescued her, but the fact is, uh, she rescued me. I uh, tell you this, I was uh, uh, looking for someone, and I didn't know if I'd ever find someone. I was content with that, but God put this wonderful, amazing woman in front of me, and I said, you know what, i got to marry her, and so that's what I did. So we are, again, going to celebrate our anniversary here uh, next week, so amen. Let's give another round of applause for that. All right, I just want to recap the last two weeks. And uh, two weeks ago, we started the message series, Running on Full, by looking at Psalms 33. In this series, we learned that having a worshipful and thankful heart starts with trust. Two of the reasons we can trust God is because of the power of his word and the way he works. Last week, JP did an amazing God with looking at Psalms 92, where we learned how staying alert to God's goodness and his righteousness can help us run on full versus empty. Now, what I want to do today is I want us to continue that message on opening up or being, I should say, running on full um, by looking at Psalms 113, and it's on page uh, 364. So if you have the blue Bibles next to you, uh, you can go ahead and open those Bibles up. The page, uh, I should say the the page number that you see collates to what's in the Blue Bibles. And one of the things that I, I've also been told that we also have a Spanish, Jonathan, is that right? We have a Spanish version? All right, so excellent. So go ahead and turn there, and this is the focus passage for the day. And again, it's in Psalms 13, and it reads, Praise the Lord. Yes, give praise. O servant of the Lord, praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever. Everywhere from the east to the west, praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is, excuse me, for the Lord is high above the nations. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can compare to the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? He stoops down to look down on earth, excuse me, on heaven and earth. He lifts up the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the childless woman a family, making her a happy mother. 
Praise the Lord. All right. What an incredible verse. And, you know, if you think about how God is asking us to praise him, one of the things I want to do is I want to kind of look at, you know, the backdrop or the history of Psalms 13. Now, Psalms 13 and Psalms 14 would have been sung during the Passover meal. It very well could have been the psalm that Jesus and his disciples sung during uh, the Last Supper. Now, also, when you look at Psalms, one of the stories in regards to that it was built off of in the Bible was concerning Hannah. Now, if you don't know the story of Hannah, that is in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2. And in this story, Hannah was distraught. She was the second wife, and the first wife was having all kinds of babies, and Hannah wasn't having any baby, and Hannah was frustrated. And Hannah went and prayed before God, and he said, she said to God, God, if you would only give me a child, I would make him my servant forever. And God answered her prayer. Isn't that amazing? Amen. God answered her prayer, and that young man would become Samuel the prophet. Isn't that amazing? Now, maybe you feel like you're, you are Hannah. Maybe you've been in a situation over the last several years, the last several weeks, where maybe you're struggling with addiction, maybe you're struggling with a, a broken relationship, a lost job, and you just don't know how to praise God. I can relate to that. I remember this summer, I was hospitalized, um, and I didn't know what was wrong. I was rushed to the ER, and... Um, the doctor uh, sat me down and he said, we don't know what's wrong with you. And I said, okay, uh, your blood pressure is extremely high and we need to do something. And so they got my blood pressure down and I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to leave here. But the doctor said, whoa, you can't leave. We got we to gotta check you out. And I remember leaving there, excuse me, I remember sitting there thinking to myself, what's going on? And my wife, being an amazing prayer warrior that she is, she called up a number of people, and this was against my will because I'm kind of a private person. That's just something i got to get over. Um, and she called up a lot of people, and she said, you know what, pray for my husband. There's something going on with him. And so in this period of time, I was so distraught that it was so hard for me to praise God. I remember sitting in that bed thinking, God, is this the end of my life? What are you going to do? And I remember being so distraught that I could not praise God. Now, what I want to convey to you this morning is I hope this message will help you praise God in every situation. This morning, I have three points that I want to cover. The first main point is we were created to praise, praise, excuse me, we were created to praise God. All right? Now, many of you have a college team. Um, Some of you enjoy watching uh, KU. Some of you enjoy watching Missouri or K-State. And during Thanksgiving, it really doesn't matter what you watch. A lot of you just want to watch what? Football. So it's okay, and you might feel it's okay to watch. If you're a Missouri fan, you're going to watch KU. Or if you're a KU fan, you're going to watch K-State. That doesn't happen in Iowa. I'm from Iowa. We, uh, We typically just watch either... If you're from Iowa State, you watch Iowa State football. If you're from Iowa, you watch Iowa football. Yeah. Hoorah. <laughs> I was a Marine, too, so that's where that came from. All right. Um, 
One of the things that I've noticed um, being here in um, Kansas is that we have a lot of Kansas City Chief fans. Kansas City Chief fans, raise your hand. All right, I'm going to do something unorthodox. And Jonathan's looking at me. I'm going to do something unorthodox uh, because I told you I, I want to see, and this is an experiment, I want all the Kansas City Chiefs fans to stand up. All right. So what we're going to do, this is it? This is all the Kansas City Chiefs fans? All right, we're going to get to that. All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave you in pray. I'm going to lead you in praise or worship of your team. And we all know how that goes, right? Oh, 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 all right, okay, that's enough of that, all right. So, so when I was looking at this, I, I, I kind of went back to that first slide and I said, maybe we need to have a history lesson about um, Thanksgiving. So, yeah, just, no, anybody get that? All right, okay, all right. So when I began researching uh, Kansas City and Kansas City football, one of the things that I looked at was, um, and I came across this article about, uh, the, in the Guinness Book of World Record, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs had the loudest roar in the history of any sporting event ever. Think about that. The loudest roar ever. It happened on September 29, 2014, and it was against one of your rivals. It was against the um, New England Patriots. You guys, anybody know of that team? All right. Um, fortunately, Kansas City won 41 to 14. And I said, and as I said, the, the roar was so loud that it was even louder than a jet engine. Now think about that, even louder than a jet engine. And one of the things that we do when we look at our sporting teams, we kind of classify if you're either a loyal fan by your worship or your praise of that team, I'm going to say praise of that team, or a fair weather fan, all right? We go off of that. And if you don't know what a fair weather fan is, who doesn't know what a fair weather fan is? Okay. Everybody knows what that is? All right. Some of you got people sitting next to you that are fair weather fans. So think about this. Think about, uh, think about Kansas football. Think about when they go 9-1, uh, and one, and they're about to go 10-1, and one, Right? Hopefully, Jonathan's not, he's, he's concerned about that. They go, if they go 10 and 1, you're going to see more and more people jump on the bandwagon. So you see people coming out of the woodworks when they're doing well and they want to celebrate. And these are the same people, let the Chiefs, the Chiefs lead, uh, lose one game or two games, they're going to jump off just as quick. So that's what we call bandwagon. And one of the things as I, when I was studying out this and I was thinking about this, I started thinking about... If Jesus is sitting up in heaven and he's talking with uh, the angels and maybe it's during Thanksgiving and they're kicking back and they're about to eat some turkey and he scans the universe and he zeroes in on you, what is he going to see? Is he going to see a fair weather fan or is he going to see a loyal servant? I want you to think about that because we are here to praise God. Now, one of the things I never want to do is I never want to uh, bring people down because they love and enjoy football. Football is important, and it's natural to, to want to cheer on your team and make sure your team is doing well. But it's even more natural 
to praise God. Now, one of the things I want to look at is um, the psalm. And if you want to go, let's go ahead and go over to uh, verse 1 and 2. And the verse says, Yes, give praise, O servant of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord forever. Now, any time that you see repeatedly something in the Bible, that, is, that means that it's a big deal to God. And then also, when you're looking at this, you're looking at praise the Lord. In the Hebrew, that means hallelujah. So anytime you see those things, that means praise the Lord, and it also means hallelujah. Now, the Psalms, says, wrote, um, he sung the Passover um, when the nation, I'm a little nervous, so please bear with me. All right, all right, thank you. Now, one of the things that I, I've uh, noticed that although we may change and we may um, change up teams, God is always faithful. He never changes up. He never moves away from us. You know, I, I was reading um, John 10, verse 11, and it reads, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for his sheep. Now think about that. Think about Jesus. Think about when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He understood that he had to come down and he had to sacrifice and he had to do amazing things for his people. And that's my point for that. I want to move to the second point. He is worthy of praise. Now if you've ever been watching Thanksgiving football and you pan, it pans the crowd and you see uh, this strange guy, and he's basically um, dressed in um, mascara. He's got no clothes on. He's running around. It's a hundred. Excuse me. It's zero degrees, and he is just uh, praising his team. A lot of times, we don't understand that person because we would never go out and do that. We would never go out in zero degree weather and and naked and just be cheering on the Kansas City Chiefs. That's not something I would do. But this person does this. And one of the things that we don't understand is that this person sees worth in praising his team that way. We can identify with this because um, one of the the scriptures says in verse uh, 5 and 6 that, and I want to read here, he says, For the Lord is high above the nations, his glory is higher than the heavens. Who can compare with the Lord our God who is enthroned on high? He stoops down to look down on heaven and earth. And that's in Psalms 13, uh, 4 and 6. One of the things that the psalmist is doing here, he is really trying to define that Jesus is worthy of our praise. In Genesis 1, 1 through uh, 3, we begin to look at uh, Jesus in a, excuse me, we begin to look at the scriptures in a different way. And it reads, Now the earth uh, was formless and empty. Darkness was on the surface of the deep. God's spirit was hovering over the surface of the water. God said, Let there be light, and there was light. How great is God? Yeah. Now, one of the things that I, I was looking at when I was going through and I was studying this up here, um, when you think about God's creation, you think about the universe, um, Here's some interesting facts that scientists have come up in regards to the universe. It says, if you travel at the speed of light, it would take you eight minutes to get to the sun. 
it would take you 33,000 years to get to the center of the Milky Way. Now, the Milky Way belongs to um, 20 galaxies known as the local group. To cross the local group, it would take you about 2 billion, two, excuse me, 2 million years to travel across the local group. If you traveled across the entire universe, it would take you 20 billion years. It is amazing how vast and how wonderful God is. His uh, mercy and glory is incomparable. Now, Paul co-signs this in Ephesians 3.20. Paul shares, Now all glory to God who is able through the mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we are able, excuse me, than we ask or think. My third point is God is a generous God, and he meets our needs. Again, in Psalms 13, if you look at uh, verse 7 and 9, it says, He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sits them amongst the princes, even the princes of his own people. He gives the childless mother a family, making her a happy mother. Praise the Lord. Now, one of the things that I, I try to do every year, and I've been doing this ever since I was a young Marine, I try to go out and do something at an orphanage or um, something at a homeless shelter. And I try to teach little Michael to do the same. And one of the things that I'm also really appreciative of in regards to God's mercy and God's grace is that he's given me a wonderful family. I spoke about my wife, my wife earlier and my son. Um, and it's incredible that as God has given me that. And once I started thinking about this, there's nothing I've done to earn this. There is nothing that I have done to be able to have these things. It's come because God saw fit to give me those things. Now, if you, if you look at the psalm again, Psalm 113, 6 and 9, the book says, um, we stoop down, he looked down on heaven and earth, he lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump, he sets them amongst the princes, even the princes of our people. He gives the childless mother a family, making her a happy mother. Now, one of the things that I'm, I'm constantly learning about God, and I think I read that again, I apologize. Um, God does not forget his people. That's one of the things that I want us to remember. God doesn't get, forget his people. Um, he wants us to be vulnerable and continue to serve him no matter what. If you think about it, there's value in understanding what God is trying to do in our lives. So one of the things that I realize is that God continues to want our praise. I want us to go to Psalms uh, 23.5. He says, he makes our cup overflow. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask. I want you to think about what do you place your value in? What are some things that you consider valuable? This Thanksgiving, uh, as you get with your families and you get with your friends, um, it's important to re really remember that we need to continue to praise God. Now, this year, as I mentioned earlier, this is a, a tough year for a lot of people. There are a lot of people going through a lot of things. But I want you to remember that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That is it, guys. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And his death 
And by his death, we remember that we can continue to praise him. In spite of our circumstances, Jesus is always going to be there, so we need to continue to give him the praise. And so in closing, I want to just um, say um, thank you, Lord. Thank you for everything that you've done for us.